Heather, welcome back to the Teresa for Cabernetar show. And I'm going to look up some more election results for you. Huh. Trump screams that, oh my god. Trump screams that Melania. If 
you look at the broad history, if not for Donald Trump and other GOP screw-ups, they would have picked up at least two or three or four Senate seats and at least 20, 30, 40 seats in the House, and neither of those things are anywhere near happening. But listen uh-huh. to this, because it's even more delicious mockery of Trump, and he was <laughs> steaming while watching it. helps Democrats flip the state of Pennsylvania. Okay, hold on. Let's look at this. Uh, Nevada. Kelly Johnson. Warnock. Remain on call. Georgia and Wisconsin, too close to call. Arizona, Nevada, and Alaska, too early to call. Democrats currently lead the count 48 seats to 47. Wait, wait a second. I know. Wait a second. Uh, what happened? <laughs> wait. I, I don't understand. Michael Steele, you ran a party. I did. In all elections. I mean, I'm here. Because of an off-year election. Yeah. <laughs> they usually even elect people like me, David Clough, in off-year elections. Yeah. I'm serious. There's always a wave. There was a wave in 82 and 86 with Ronald Reagan against Reagan. There was a wave against Barack Obama. There's a wave. Well, I don't understand this. It's Democrats are still... Yeah. They still have a chance of holding on to the this, Senate? This wasn't even a good ripple. Come I mean, on. this, 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 yeah. There's not a red wave. It's not a red wave. Maybe a little um, bit of spotting. They're, they're that's it. Spotting a good it's color terrible. in some corners, that's about the best you're going to get. Pay. Let's spray paint it right Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's hey, Donald Trump. Trump. Hey, Donald Trump. Should have been a last He doesn't watch. Boris Johnson. I mean, there was really... There was a coronation last night, probably as grand as King Charles III's coronation is going to be in the spring. And it was Ron DeSantis in Florida. Massive victory down there, right? Unfortunately, Donald Trump lost the rest of America. Now, I'm not going to say this is the end of Donald Trump. But there are a lot of Republicans this morning waking up going, wait a second, Ron DeSantis is winning Miami-Dade outright and winning 20 percentage points in this state historically? Well, Donald Trump is tweeting, cheering against Republicans. I don't think last night was a good win for Donald. No, it was a bad night for him. It was not a red wave. Don't take our word for it. Lindsey Graham was on NBC last night saying, whoo. This did not go the way we thought it was going to go. This was not a red wave. That's Lindsey Graham saying that. That's one thing. The governor's races that people were concerned about, New York, mm-hmm. Kathy Michael held on here, Wisconsin, Michigan. There were election deniers running. They lost there. So election denialism was on the ballot, and it lost overwhelmingly. Time, nice time and time again. Needed um, to and be. to your point, Ron DeSantis winning by almost 20 points in Florida. Remaking the map, remaking the Obama coalition, the winning, fuck? flipping by 20 Piece points from shit. a couple of years ago, Latino voters. It would appear this morning this is Ron DeSantis's party and not oh. Donald Trump's. Yeah, it's not Donald it's Trump's. So I mean, everything Trump touches politically dies. Yeah. Like, I love that. And I love that's in front of a studio audience. A lot of those people are. Rep- a new stimulus program for Americans oh, born shit. after 1957 was just announced. Eligible. 
Republicans are former Republicans, and they're right to mock Donald Trump. He didn't just lose the election, as said, he lost America. Like, the, the, he never really had America, let's be honest, because when he won in 2016, it was only because of the Electoral College. He lost by millions. He never really had America. But even the sense that you know, he was able to build a governing coalition, he was able to, under the rules of the game, win the White House, win the Senate, win the you know House. You know, he, now he can't do any of that. He lost the presidency, he lost the Senate, he lost the House, and he's losing all of those things again, even though he's not directly on the ballot. And Donald Trump is screwed in that way. And here's one final clip to nail it home before we get into his freakout on his own wife that Donald Trump was the loser last night. Crucial midterms in a divided America. And look at Pennsylvania, look at Georgia, 49-49 in both states. I mean, here's what I would tell you, big picture. I can't tell you if the Republicans ultimately are going to win the Senate. They might. I can't tell you if they're likely to win uh, the House. It sure looks like they, they, they could. Uh, but what I can tell you is the biggest loser tonight is Donald Trump. Uh, his candidates, his hand-picked candidates, lost in states Republicans thought they could win. In New Hampshire with Baltic, in Pennsylvania with Mastriano. Uh, the fact that you have uh, his hand-picked candidates for Senate in Pennsylvania, uh, Oz in Georgia, Herschel Walker, you know, both, you know, struggling, uh, you know, they, again, we, we don't know what the results are there, but these were states Republicans thought they were going to be able to flip. And on the flip side of this, who won tonight on the Republican side? It was Republicans who went up against Donald Trump. It was Brian Kemp uh, in, uh, Georgia. in Georgia yep. winning. It was it was uh, Chris Sununu in New Hampshire, a uh, really tough critic uh, of Trump who didn't have Trump's endorsement, who won handedly. It was Ron DeSantis who didn't have Trump's endorsement and has won by a huge margin uh, in Florida. So uh, the people that stood no way. to Donald Trump or I don't not believe help from Donald Trump have won those that Donald Trump brought to this race. Elections are rigged down in Florida. Again, he's the loser for two reasons. One, he lost because his people lost. His strategy, his entire ethos for the GOP was the one they ran with. They ran with the Donald Trump playbook. They didn't run with anybody else's playbook. And they lost. They lost. I don't care if they ultimately pick up the house and blah, blah, blah. They lost relative to basically every other midterm in modern American history. It's extremely rare that the party in power only takes such minor losses. And it's almost entirely his fault. And this is where the freak out happens. Multiple sources are saying that he is losing it on everybody, of course, except himself. It says here, former President Donald Trump is reportedly fuming over the Republican Party's failure to produce a red wave, but he's not ruling out an announcement about a 2024 presidential campaign. The twice impeached former president's handpicked GOP candidates largely flopped in Tuesday's midterm elections. And Democrats still have an outside shot at maintaining congressional majorities in both chambers, which CNN's Jim Acosta says leaves Trump in his inner circle, pointing fingers at one another. Trump is livid and screaming at everyone after last night's disappointing midterm results for the GOP, according to a Trump advisor, Acosta reported. The advisor went on to claim to slam the former president's handpicked contenders. They were all bad candidates. Candidates matter, the advisor said. And then adding on to it, it says, still more reports are coming in about former President Donald Trump's angry 
reactions to seeing some of his handpicked candidates face defeat during Tuesday's midterm elections. The New York Times' Maggie Haberman chimed in on Twitter with their own dispatch that claimed the twice-impeached former president is now even blaming former First Lady Melania Trump for some of his own poor endorsements. Quote, Trump is indeed furious this morning, particularly about Mehmet Oz, and is blaming everyone who advised him to back Oz, including his wife, describing it as not her best decision, according to people close to him, Haberman writes. And so this is a broken man with a broken scheme. He tried to pull it off, you know, the way he did in 2016. He thought the big lie was a winner, but people are sick and tired of him. And worst of all for him, now there's a ready-made alternative. Again, I'm going to say this every time. I don't want to sound like a broken record. None of this is saying DeSantis is better than Trump. He may be worse than Trump. He may be worse than Trump because he's just as evil, but way more skillful in his evil. But it is saying that Donald Trump simply didn't just lose tonight, but there's no one ready to take him on. Now there's somebody with a sharp knife and an open back, and Donald Trump... If you're an author or a writer, I want you to know that the demand for virtual speakers is huge right now. Thousands of event planners have had... Okay, so it was because Melania was behind Oz. What does she know about politics? Some dumb underwear model. Um, History of Israel's Lost Ancient Tribe. I'll save that for later. We watch Morning Joe highlights. Yeah, let's do that. November 9th. John Fetterman helps Democrats flip the state of Pennsylvania. remain uncalled. Georgia and Wisconsin, too close to call. Arizona, Nevada, and Alaska, too early to call. Democrats mm-hmm. currently lead the count, 48 seats to 47. Wait, wait a second. I know. Wait a second. Uh, what happened? <laughs> wait. I, I don't understand. Michael Steele, you ran a party. I did. <laughs> and all elections. I mean, I'm here. Because of an off-year election. Yeah. <laughs> they usually even elect people like me, David Plus, in off-year elections. Yeah. I'm serious. Oh. There's always a wave. There was a wave in 82 and 86 with Ronald Reagan against Reagan. There was a wave against Barack Obama. There's a wave. Well, I don't understand this. It's Democrats not are still yeah. 
they still have a chance of holding on to the Senate? This, this wasn't even a good ripple. Come I mean, on. this, 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 yeah. There's not a red wave. It's not a red wave. Maybe a little uh, bit of spotting. The, the that's it. Spotting a good it's color terrible. in some corners, that's about the best you're going to get. Pay. Let's spray paint around. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's hey, Donald Trump. Trump. Hey, Donald Trump. <laughs> He doesn't want Meet Boris Johnson. <laughs> I mean, there was really, there was a coronation last night, probably as grand as King Charles III's coronation is going to be in the spring, and it was Ron DeSantis in Florida. Oh my God, shut up. Down there, right? Fucking asshole. Unfortunately... Donald Trump lost the rest of America. Now, I'm not going to say this is the end of Donald Trump, but there are a lot of Republicans this morning waking up going, wait a second, Ron DeSantis is winning Miami-Dade outright and winning 20 percentage points? In this state historically, well, Donald Trump is tweeting, cheering against Republicans. I don't think last night was a good win for Donald. No, it was a bad night for him. It was not a red wave. Don't take our word for it. Lindsey Graham was on NBC last night saying, whoo, this did not go the way we thought.
This was not a red wave. That's Lindsey Graham saying that. That's one thing. The governor's races that people were concerned about, New York, mm-hmm. Kathy Hochul held on here, Wisconsin, Ooh. Michigan, where there were election deniers running, they lost there. So election denialism was on the ballot, and it lost overwhelmingly time last night, time, time and time again. Um, and to your point, Ron DeSantis winning by almost 20 points in Florida, remaking the map, remaking the Obama coalition, winning, flipping by 20 points from a couple of years ago, Latino voters. It would appear this morning this is Ron DeSantis's party and not oh, Donald Trump's. Yeah, it's not Donald Trump's. I mean, everything Trump touches politically dies. Yes. <laughs> he lost in 17. He lost local races in Senate races. Lost in 18. He lost governorships in the South in 19. He lost in 20. Uh, and now, of course, uh, 22. Just a massive loss. I want to talk, though, about something I didn't hear enough about last night, Jen. And, uh, and, and that is... That is how the final polls mm-hmm. were showing that Dobbs, the overturning, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Now, I mean, David Clough and other people that are a lot smarter than me will always say you don't know exactly who the electorate is mm-hmm. going to be, and that's why we shouldn't kick pollsters around. You yeah. never know if populists are going to uh, go to the polls in a bit more. But last night, early on, you started seeing. What do, what do voters today think were the most important issues? Abortion, 35%. Yeah, what? It, it does turn out. And what happened yep. was, those were the people pollsters didn't reach. I didn't hear that enough last night. Yeah. Dobbs made a huge difference. And I think every Democrat should send a pie to a member of the Federalist Society that they know... Because the Federalist Society you know what? We'll elected, bring one to Leonard. Yes, we'll have we'll, we'll have city. Can bring and one and to cookies Leonard. to the Supreme Court and too. cookies to the no seriously. Yeah, this was the quiet revolution, the silent majority, even in states like Kentucky. Yes, we don't. We do not know in Kentucky, a state where Joe Biden was walloped in 2020, whether or not they're going to protect a woman's right to choose. That is amazing. Hello, it, it was a huge night for abortion rights across the country. I mean, women voted in droves. Uh, in a number of states, uh, that right is now protected. Uh, and in a number of states that were un- that are unexpected, and it also drove a number of people to victory. So, yes, what people said a few weeks ago, that it didn't matter, that it was fading, it didn't, turns out that wasn't right. Number one mm. issue in exit polls in the state of Pennsylvania was abortion. Number wow. one issue for John Fetterman and also for Josh Shapiro, who won big. Mm. David, let you take it wherever you want. You've got the smart mind about what happens from here and what happened last night. Um, but independence, a fascinating number there. In off-year elections, the out party usually loses independence by wide margins. Early on here this morning, we're seeing Democrats winning by a couple of points, holding on to those votes. The holidays were... It's hard when people don't even think you exist.
after saving big with early Black Friday deals at Amazon, the Yeti became more social. Democrats winning by a couple of points, holding on to those votes. Well, the lesson is there are more conservatives in every swing district and swing state than there are liberals. So the math is simple. Democrats have to do at least enough on turnout. They have to win the middle of the electorate everywhere. And they were able to do that last night, I think, in part or largely because of abortion. The other thing is voters under 30. I think they were underrepresented in polls. And so, you know, if our democracy is saved and we sit here on January 21st, 2025, after the presidential election, we have a democracy, we need to thank young people who turned out to protect the enterprise. And and if you talk to Democrats, they would say these are the states we're most worried about. Mm -hmm. All right. Wisconsin. A lot of Democrats are saying this summer, Evers isn't going to be able to hold on. Mm-hmm. Michigan, mm-hmm. Whitmer was in the fight for her life against somebody who said a 14-year-old girl getting raped by her uncle was a perfect reason to not let her have an abortion. Uh, and then Pennsylvania. I mean, you look at those three states and how they're going to be run in 24. That sweep, a lot of people may not be talking about it this morning. Is massive. And the big difference for, first of all, Tony Evers beat his 2018 margin, which is actually pretty amazing, right? Nobody thought he was going to win, and he beat his 2018 margin. And can we stop for one second and just say, in an environment, worst inflation since 1982, an economy that's reeling Mm -hmm. and moving towards a recession, a stock market that's crashing, and yes, crime, people feeling less comfortable in cities than ever before. And that's the environment Democrats want him. They did. And now, the, all the states you mentioned, Joe, what's really important, I think, is that that could have gone in the direction of election deniers, people who did not want the will of the public to determine mm-hmm. who would, yeah. they would elect, mm-hmm. being the Secretary of State yeah. or the Governor, or determining how people would vote, could vote, how easily they could vote, and whether or not they would certify the outcome in 2024. That was potentially headed in that direction in all of those states. And, and yeah. victory, democracy went out, which is a good well, we're still counting votes in this election, but my mind, of course, goes to the next election. So the other thing it shows, you just mentioned how tough the, the economy is. Listen, I hope Democrats find a way forward in Florida. We've got to put that back in play eventually, right. but really hard now. So Democrats, to win the Electoral College, have to win the Blue Wall. And those three races, uh, those three states showed that it's still intact, even in this environment. Really important for the future of the country. So uh, wow. the three big losers again, Donald. Yeah. <laughs> They all begin with the letter D. Dobbs, right? And election deniers. And and Vaughn Hilliard tweeted this out. Very helpful. Uh, Well, and I said, pro tip, don't run against democracy in America. You will lose. And tonight, the Jimmy Governor candidates who refused to save that certified Biden's 2020 election all lost. I had it on my phone. You took it off the screen. (laughs) I'll put it on my phone again. Tim Michaels, Wisconsin. Tudor Dixon, Michigan. Doug Mastriano, Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. My God. Doug, just wow. please go home. All right. Watch Netflix for a couple of months. It's bad. Darren Bailey, Illinois. Down. Dan Cox, Maryland. Got crushed. Lee Zeldin. Beaten. And Carrie Lake right now. Oh, my God. She's whining so much. Carrie is going to whine a lot today. She's going to. I mean, election deniers. 
got pounded last night. So what does that say about the, totally deserved the, it. the American people? That could have gone in the direction of election denial. And those three races, uh, those three states showed that it's still intact, even in this environment. Really important for the future of the country. So, uh, wow. so the three big losers again. Donald. Yeah. Republicans. <laughs> right? And election deniers. And, and Hillier tweeted this out. Very helpful. Uh, well, and I said, pro tip, don't run against democracy in America. You will lose. And tonight, the Jimmy Governor candidates who refused to say if they'd certified Biden's 2020 election all lost. I had it on my phone. He took okay. it off the screen. <laughs> I'll put it on my phone again. Tim Michaels, Wisconsin. <laughs> Tudor Dixon, Michigan. And Doug Mastriano, Pennsylvania. My oh, my God. Doug, just wow. please go on. <laughs> say about the, the, the American people writ large, but specifically the, the people on the front lines of those votes in those states. Uh, I think there was a lot of question about whether or not they would stand on that wall for democracy and, you know, succumb to the, the fancy rhetoric and the glossy look that a Kerry Lake would have. Uh, and they didn't. They said, no, we, we are better than this. We know what happened in 2020. And, and I think the idea of, of just going further into the crazy, yeah, the folks just like, I can't, I can't. And I think yeah. folks are looking for, can we just stop doing stupid? Can we yeah. just stop pretending this stuff is real and focus on, and, and, and why that's important, Joe, to your point about governors, everyone focuses on federal elections and Congress. It's the governor's races where the people are closest to those candidates and they're much more in the mix in terms of the narrative. Uh, and that, to me, says a lot. When all of those gubernatorial election deniers go down, it tells me that the American people are a lot more engaged than we believe they are, give them credit for. And that was proven in some of the last pollings that we did in NBC, where democracy was the number one issue going into the weekend before the election. We haven't... Well, so let's take you through the, where things stand in terms of the battle for the Senate right now. Remember, came into yesterday at 50-50 in the Senate. That was good enough for the Democrats to control it with Kamala Harris's tie. The big change so far has been in Pennsylvania. It's a Democratic gain. What that means with the rest of the map is there's three Democratic held seats, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and there's one Republican held seat, Wisconsin, all uncalled. The lead for Ron Johnson, the Republican in Wisconsin, sits just north of 30,000 votes. There are some Democratic votes still to come out of Milwaukee, out of Madison. There are some Republican votes to come from elsewhere. So just for the sake of argument, if you say that Johnson hangs on there, if he doesn't, that's ball game for the Senate. But if you say that Johnson hangs on there for the sake of argument, then it's going to leave Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and a question of can Republicans win two out of those three? That's what they would need to get the Senate. Otherwise, Democrats hold it. And if you just take a look at where those three stand at this morning, here we are in Georgia. Raphael Warnock with an 18,000 vote advantage over Herschel Walker. 
there are still some votes to come in. You can see there are about 96% of the estimated vote. Our decision desk has not touched this, has not called this. I say I could say that the Secretary of State's office in Georgia last night publicly tweeted that they are preparing for a runoff in this race. What? Again, nobody gets to 50%. They would go to a runoff. That oh, would be on December on. 6th. Very possible that neither Warnock nor Walker finish with 50. This goes to a runoff to be determined uh, on December 6th. Then you take a look at Arizona. Shit. You're talking Give me a about fucking this one. The big development overnight is in the biggest county of the state, which is Maricopa County. Maricopa County appears to have completed counting all of its same-day votes. If you were watching these votes as they came in last night, initially Mark Kelly and Maricopa had an advantage north of 20 points. It's now fallen to about 8 points. That's the effect of having all of that same-day vote counted in. What remains in Maricopa County, and this can sometimes be a days-long process, Ballots dropped off in the final few days before the election and on Election Day. They'll release them in nightly batches in Maricopa County. But you can see this is critical, I think. The lead that Mark Kelly has, excuse me, the lead that Mark Kelly has statewide is 107,000. Okay. Now, in the 2020 presidential election, when turnout was higher, when we reached this comparable point overnight, Maricopa, same day counted, the advantage that uh, Joe Biden had in the state was 100. 10,000 votes, uh, okay, and it came down about 100,000. So that that is in a higher turnout atmosphere, though. So given that the turnout is down and Kelly's lead is sitting close to 110,000 as well, I think, again, there's no characterization from our decision desk, but that's a pad there that Democrats are probably feeling pretty optimistic about, and it makes the difference between the Senate race, 107,000 vote lead for the Democrat there, and the governor's race, where Katie Hobbs has gone through the same set of votes now that we just talked about and is only is ahead by 70,000 fewer almost. That is prime uh, <coughs> striking distance for Carrie Lake with the vote that is still to be counted, at least potentially. So that's going to be the story the next couple of days. Based Shit. on what we saw in 2020, that final vote that was counted up was Republican-friendly. If it were to be that Republican-friendly again, it would be Lake might be in a good position, but Masters might be falling short. But that's a big question here. What does that vote look like? Does it look different than 2020? If Republicans fail to get Arizona, then they absolutely need to get Nevada. You're looking at the governor's race here, but let's just call the Senate race up. And again, the development overnight here in the Senate race is that Adam Laxalt actually took the lead in the count over Catherine Cortez Masto. Now, what is left to be counted in uh, Nevada? Primarily two things here. Late arriving, like dropped off day of, drop box vote in Clark County and in Washoe County. We're trying to get a handle on exactly how many ballots that means to be counted in those places. Is it enough for Cortez Masto to overcome a 22,500 vote deficit and win this race? You look at the governor's race, the Democratic governor down about 40,000 votes, so notably a difference between the two of those. But essentially, I think what that what we're looking at here, uh, this is governor, what we're looking at here is this. Let me just call this up. If Johnson hangs on here, if this goes to a runoff, all right, now, just for the sake of argument, if Democrats hang on to the Senate seat in Arizona, and for the sake of argument, if Laxalt hangs on in Nevada, what that would add up to is 50 Republican, 49 Democrat, and a runoff in Georgia that would determine control of the Senate on, on December 6th. And conversely, if Cortez Masto is able to, in the remaining votes, overtake 
Waxall, and that actually stays Democratic. Then the runoff in Georgia would still proceed, but Democrats would have control of the Senate no matter what. So I think a lot is resting on understanding exactly what that remaining vote is in Nevada, and if indeed there is enough there for Cortez Masto to overtake Laxalt and give Democrats an outright win there. So I, I, I'm curious. Um, we, um, John Rolson, had talked about uh, he believed there were a lot of uh, melon votes still coming in in Clark County. Listen, folks, if we lose in Georgia, we could lose Senate control. And there's simply too much at stake for our children, for everybody, to let that happen. So please, yes, I'm asking, will you chip in $5, $10, whatever you can spare? It'll Shit. Make a difference. So it's going to be a runoff. Fuck. Votes still coming in in Clark County. Dude uh, does not fucking deserve to be uh, in a runoff against so, Warnock. Uh, then... That, that Stupid fucking that. Christians. Go fuck yourself. Uber Christians. You're not real Christians. You're fucking fake Christians. Those two counties combined are 90% of the state. And that is the question right now that we're trying to get a handle on. Exactly how many outstanding ballots are there? And then, as I say, there is that question. Same question we have in Arizona is, are they going to break... In Arizona, what we found in 2020 was that there was a big difference in terms of the votes, the, the early votes, the mail votes that were dropped off early on versus the ones that were dropped off at the last minute. The ones that were dropped off at the last minute were much more Republican in character than the ones that were returned early. That's why Trump made up a lot of ground in the final days of the vote count in Arizona in 2020. Not enough to win the state, but enough to make it close. So there's a question there in Arizona and I think in Nevada as well of what the character of the remaining vote would, would be, the political character that would be. So that's what we're trying to figure out. There could certainly be enough for Cortez Masto to overtake Laxall. Laxall did have a, a pretty good overnight just in terms of putting himself in contention here. So I think it's, it's the biggest wild card here. There's an opportunity, there's a clearer opportunity for for Democrats, I think right now, uh, excuse me, for Republicans in Nevada than there is in Arizona for their Senate candidate to get that pickoff. They're going to need to get one of those two, then they're going to need to force Georgia into a runoff and win Georgia. That would be the Republican path to Senate control right now. Anything short of that could still have a Georgia runoff, but it wouldn't matter. Democrats would have the Senate. All right, Steve, thank you. And we're gonna... I have a privilege right now, a privilege as someone who is the Democratic nominee. I have the privilege to concede this race to J.D. Vance. What? Because the way this country operates what? is that when you lose an election, you concede. And you respect... What? You fucking lost? Oh, man. Sorry, buddy. You respect... The will of the people. No way. Right? We can't have a system where if you win, Shit. it's a legitimate election. And if you lose, someone stole it. That is not how we can move forward. Congress in the members.
fought race. That's no, that shouldn't done. be an extraordinary act. What the fuck is wrong with you? Times, it's an extraordinary act and an important act. He said it was a privilege to lose to a guy that he feels like he would have been better uh, to represent the state of Ohio. But this is the way it works. You yes. haven't fought for a year and a half and lost. You can see the race and you move on. Yeah, no, you, you're right. And by the way, I think this is a guy, he ran a great race. He did. It was he did. He ran as good of a race as he ran. And, and I've always been a big believer that, that usually the better political athlete wins. That didn't happen here. J.D. Vance, and I'm, 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 I'm not piling on this morning, but I've talked about it before. GOP donors, GOP activists, they all say he was the laziest, worst candidate that they've ever seen. He would insult donors mm -hmm. at, at roundtable meetings. He was petulant. He was lazy. He didn't like campaigning. And I, did, why is this important to bring up? It's important to bring up because it shows that Florida mm -hmm. and Ohio... Our two states, Democrats, are going to have to think long and hard about before investing a dime in there in 24. They can rebuild the infrastructure, but right now, Texas, Ohio, and, and Florida, please, Democrats, <laughs> Democrats, it's fool's gold, all right? All right, focus on Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, 270. They always say, oh, you know, next next year, oh, Texas go. is going to swing. <laughs> no, and let me just say also, Tim had a great race. Really, a lot of people like piling on Beto. Beto, Beto runs great races. Presidential campaign got off right. to a tough start, but his statewide races are things to admire. He goes, he campaigns, he goes confronts. across the state, he confronts. Let me tell you something. He was running uphill non-stop yeah, the whole time the whole time so i have nothing but great things to say about beto he lost he ran a great campaign same with tim ryan yeah you know what fucking idiot more idiots in texas democratic state yeah it, it's not stupid it, it, it was a it was a very bad night uh but but Barnacle, um, uh, just history made last night. Republicans should have picked up at least the 40 seats that Democrats picked up in 2018. They should be plus three, plus four in the Senate races. Uh, they, they, they just lost coast to coast, except for Florida. Ron DeSantis had a massive night, and that's a massive loss for Donald Trump. Never, ever underestimate the American people. By the millions, this pageant, this pageant of democracy that we have, this magical day where people of all castes, all incomes, all races, all genders come out and vote. They stand in line for hours sometimes to vote. And yesterday they voted and they walked in and a huge number of them looked at the ballot forgot about the pulse right. forgot about what we talk about each and every morning and they said oh i could vote for crazy or i could vote for normal and they checked the normal box. no they chose crazy and in florida and one more thing please if you could allow me just to say please. the star of last night to my
Tim, Tim Ryan. Ryan. Tim Ryan. Yes. Tim Ryan. Yes. You know, I, I wrote a column 10 years ago called Crazy Never Wins. Yeah. I talked yeah. about my dad and, and how my dad was, you know, a rock ribbed Republican, but all the crazies that started early in the primary, you know, like my dad got that we're not going to do that we've we've lost our way over the past five six years because crazy has won at least one election and then lost a lot but still still impacting the debate but you know mike you talked about people having that choice we bring up bro call all the time saying why don't we wait for the american people to make the decision one of my favorite books is making the president 1960 and teddy white begins with this beautiful mm, beautiful scene in new hampshire and sometimes when i read it i go is, is this is fiction is this is this is this still reality and a night like last night shows you it still is that the american people have the last say and sometimes they go in a completely different direction than than all the professionals yes, say they and, do. And, 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 and think about the tide that they were swimming against, the tide that we've talked about, mm -hmm. the tide that's in the news each and every day, the economy. Mm -hmm. You know, no Democrat's going to be able to swim through the tide of the incoming economy, of the recession that they think is approaching, of inflation, of the cost of gasoline, of the cost of bread and milk. But guess what? They did. They did? They did. By the way, democracy and constitutional rights ended up being more important than pocketbook issues. It's not always the economy, stupid. It's so interesting say. how the ex, uh, exit polls looked really different than the polls we were all talking about at this time this morning. Joe's been up all night. Were you up all night? Not all night, oh, but Joe and I have some experience. Taste yourself, Scarborough. Well, well, you know, Let me frame out really the morning for you. First no, in the Turkish no, prisons and then Studio 54. Mm -hmm. I don't much of it. But all nights, Willie and I would be talking so politics. We'd go downstairs. <laughs> Bianca was on the white horse. Yeah. It was just crazy. Okay. Andy, Andy. Power on. Bluetooth. Bluetooth connected. Sail late for you guys. Great. Okay, so Georgia is one of the reasons Willie and I why. wish they had no cash bell back in South East. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you punchy? We got to sit it for just one second. Yes, we'll frame everything out, okay? All right. As I said, the reasons why we still don't know the balance of power, Georgia is one of them. Um, in Congress, we do know that Democrats have exceeded expectations by far. Here is a look at the Senate at this hour. So far, Democrats have flipped Pennsylvania with the win by John Fetterman over Republican Mehmet Oz. It's the only pickup on the board from either party so far. You know, Dr. Oz did his show from the studio. He did. It failed. Check um, under your seats there for magic like, beans that will help you the might, diet. It might issues. help your digestion. Yeah. You might find like a model of a stomach or something. It was all fake. I think Claire called him out and 
in front of Congress for lying to his viewers. Right now, it's Democrats, uh, 48 seats, Republicans, 47. Georgia and Wisconsin, too close to call at this hour. Arizona and Nevada, too early to call at this hour. And in the House, while NBC News cannot project a party winner, the decision desk has released this estimate showing Republicans with 220 seats and Democrats with 215 plus or minus 10, meaning either party could still win. Right now, Democrats have flipped five seats. Republicans have flipped 11. That's a net gain of eight for Republicans so far. Republicans needed to flip five seats to gain control, but with votes still out in several competitive races, NBC News is not yet able to make a definitive call. you're a business owner or entrepreneur, then I want you to understand something, that the demand for virtual speakers is huge right now. And in fact, demand is actually outpacing supply. I want you to think about this. NBC News is not yet able to make a definitive and, call. And Nika, just for context, why Democrats are celebrating, despite the fact they're likely going to lose the House, the average over the last 90 years or so has been, in the, the out party loses 28 House seats. Right. Add 8% inflation to that. Oh. President with approval numbers in the low 40s, the expectation was a huge red the narrative wave, of his. And it absolutely did not happen last night. Yeah, and I mean, we've been talking about it this morning, the big reasons for the red wave that wasn't. Dobbs, deniers, and the Donald. Mm. They all lifted Democrats. The issue of abortion turned out to be a massive factor yesterday with the Supreme Court's decision in the Dobbs case to overturn Roe v. Wade, playing a much bigger role than polls before the election suggested. The election deniers running in key races across the country, for the most part, lost big. And Donald Trump, once again, I mean, come on, Republicans, seriously, please stop putting your hand on the hot stove. It hurts. It hurts. Donald Trump once again dragged your party down to defeat. Do I have to speak more slowly? But it's it for you to understand. That you guys should have won. He lost the House for you. He lost the Senate for you. He lost the White House for you. He was the first president since Herbert Hoover to lose all three in one term. He lost the 2017 elections for you in states like Virginia. He got crushed in 2018. Well, you did, actually. He just sat there blaming you. In 2019, he lost again. Governors won in states like Louisiana and Kentucky. Democratic governors in 20 lost. And now 22. Once again, Donald Trump has made you the biggest loser. I mean, come on. When are you going to wake up? You know, Republicans, all right, historically, Republicans had expected to win massively, do well in swing states. And we're also banking on upsets in New York. We all heard it yesterday morning. All, all the Republican analysts are, yeah, we think we're going to win New York. No. In New Hampshire? Maggie Hassan's got No. Colorado? No, oh, we got... No. 
Washington State, Republicans have been telling me for a month that they're going to beat Patty Murray. Patty Murray, she didn't even break a sweat. I mean, come on. It was, it was a massive, massive night, Robert Gibbs, was it not? And everything Republicans were telling us, right. off air and some on air, wrong. Reminds me a bit of 2012, uh, the last campaign stop. We told Barack Obama he was going to be reelected president. Turns out, about the same time Mitt Romney's campaign was telling him he was going to be elected president the night before. Uh, they believed a different electorate was going to show up, and I think they believed a different electorate would show up last night. You know, I, I think we look at the different issue sets. We, we talk about abortion. We talk about election denial. I, I think what we probably underestimated was the sort of confluence of those issues in the idea of extremism, right, mm -hmm. really was a force multiplier. And if you think, in, if you talk to any Republican pollster, uh, and you saw it in the exit poll last night, and you ask somebody, are, what is your position on abortion? And you ask him, no exceptions in any cases land you right about 9% 9%. of the American yeah. people. Right. Republican pollsters, this is a terrible thing. We can't be for this. But if you aligned at something like that, if you've denied elections, this stuff, this is the snowball that go, that keeps getting bigger as it rolls down the hill. And to Barnacle's point, all of a sudden, crazy versus normal is is a choice. If you'd have lined up all the statistics yesterday, as we were talking right. about consumer confidence, mm -hmm approval rating, right track, wrong track, all of those things, you, you know, I, you would have been like me and sort of hiding under your desk as the polls close. But I think, again, that extremism accumulated and, and we saw something I think is pretty stunning. Lots of important votes still to be mm -hmm. counted. Right. But the fact that we're not doing what I was doing in 2010, which was reading old transcripts of presidential uh, press conferences the day after and trying to figure out what verb or what word would we use to describe this. Uh, you went with shellacking. Shellacking. That was Barack a good Obama one. picked that one. He picked that one, yes. Uh, and, yeah. But the, the, they're not sitting in the White House today figuring out whether it's shellacking or thumping. Right. It's historic. It's historic. Yeah. And yet, I want to say one more thing. We've got some great guests mm -hmm. we're going to get to, but... There are a couple of things we need to underline that are very important that people haven't talked about a lot. And I want to talk about, Robert, uh, three states that Democrats have been so nervous about for good reason, because if they lost those states, then the election deniers could 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 rob Americans of of, of uh, the, the duly elected president in 2024, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And Wisconsin. Those really are. Florida's not the battleground. It's all about those three states now. And if you ask most Democratic operatives this summer if they were going to win those three states, they go, we're, we're going to probably win one or two, but we will not win all three. Nobody expected Evers, nobody I talked to, right. expected Evers this summer to win. Went pretty handily. I mean, it's 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 pretty incredible what happened last night up there. Yeah, and, and interesting. You know, the Republican gubernatorial candidate was asked uh, a question or said at a rally. You know, if, if you elect me, we'll never lose again. Mm -hmm. uh, again, one of those things at the very end. It's sort of you know, I have to imagine that if you could have a conversation with Oz this morning, he might think, you know, 
maybe showing up with Donald Trump two days before the election, yeah. what I've spent the last two months <laughs> trying to be the middle of the road guy, might not have been the best picture to leave people with. Yeah. And that's even before we get into to the, the Pittsburgh thing. But no, I, yeah. I think th those are, those are going to be some huge stories as we pull back and think through what might have been. Uh, because you can imagine in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan in, in 2024, what an apparatus that includes a Republican secretary of state and a Republican governor that refused to certify uh, an electoral count, right? Because yeah. you start pulling votes out of the electoral college because somebody doesn't certify and you've got a real challenge. I've got to say this too, Mika, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Again, we have to keep context. We have to keep this all in context. Evers, who barely won four years ago, wins comfortably last night in the worst environment possible for Democrats. Inflation, worst inflation in 40 years. And that always falls on the party in power, the governor in power. Uh, we're heading into a recession. People know that. Their, their 401ks have gone down. The housing market. People know that. The housing market's collapsed. It's hard to even get a place that you can rent. You've got to always keep this in context because the Democrats did better. Yeah. In, in this case, in Wisconsin, in, a, in, in, in perhaps the biggest swing state, even with everything going against them. Even history did, going they, against them. And history especially going against them. And they still won. You can't overstate how historic last night's win was. Really quickly. Let's finish really quickly. Uh, we've talked about Tim Ryan, who lost. You talked about Stacey Abrams. I want to talk about how she has revolutionized politics in oh, Georgia. She Joe Biden won. You know, it's so interesting. Harry Reid used to be a guy that had the state wired. Mm -hmm. He's one of the few guys that you could call and say, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm, and he'd mm -hmm. tell you. Those sort of politicians. Hey, everybody. I just got through debating with my opponent, Herschel Walker. Listen, his allies are dumping so much money in this state because they want this seat. I need you to stand up in this defining moment. Let's hold on to this seat so that we can continue to do the great work we're doing. Thanks, everybody. Chip in something. Keep the faith. Conditions don't exist anymore. About two days before voting ended in Georgia, we called and said, how's Georgia going to end up? Stacey Abrams, when it was looking bad for Biden, she goes, He's going to win by about 10,000, 11,000 votes. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a little, you don't have to show. I'm like, that's a little too specific. <laughs> Two or three days later, Biden won by 10, 11. And I said, oh, my God, I've never seen anybody with yeah. a state wired like Stacey. She may have lost. She lost. We understand that. But talk about how she put Georgia that the new Georgia project led by Stacey Abrams built is the infrastructure along with the investment from the Democratic National Committee. If you talk to Jamie Harrison, he'll tell you they gave real money to Georgia.